that perseverance does in fact pay off because I have this beautiful woman ready to be interviewed with regard to our wonderful topic for this wonderful day uh, in April. And it is the month of transforming dreams into reality. And I'm happy to share this date. Well, I, I, I did say on the, the preview live, I guess we can call it, that um, that would be one of my dreams would have this actually unfold well. So let's do it. Let's go for it. And let's let's have this amazing interview that I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, I'm just going to make sure that we're on and everything is moving. Yep. yep and we're there. So Good afternoon. It is now edging on the two o'clock hour. So thank you guys all for your patience and your perseverance with us. Um, I get to have a conversation with the extraordinary Dr. Sherry Sammy, who I have had the privilege of knowing now for, oh, it'll be three years in May that I came out to California and met you and your, your wonderful husband out in California. Um, like I said, the theme today is bringing passion and enthusiasm to all you do. And I think that, um, I think we started, literally started this conversation with a lot of passion because I don't think I gave up and neither did you and here we are. So I'm happy to have you. Um, it's wonderful. So great, great to be, to be with you, with you um, as well. You know, it's such a treat um, to have you here. And before we start the interview, generally I let my guests and also the audience know that this particular manifesting with Meg was based upon, was an idea that was based upon um, my book, The Manifest, um, the Magical Guide um, to Bliss. And what I do is I ask my guests at the outset of every interview to set your intention, because I'm very intentional with regard to what we want to see unfold today, and then choose a number. And the number is anywhere from page three to 397, and it corresponds to a message in my book. So it's a little synchronistic surprise at the end of the interview where we get to see um, how that message matches your intention, which matches generally the energy that we both bring to this beautiful afternoon. So go ahead and do that. Hold it in your heart for the, for the, um, for this particular conversation. And at the end, like I said, we'll return to that and you'll get to share that as well as your own final inspiration to send us all into the world, God only knows, with additional um, you know, uh, magic, I believe, because I think you are clearly a magical person. So without further ado, I get to introduce you and then you're gonna tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Okay. So, Dr. Sherry Sammy is the founder of Happy Kids Dental Planet and co-founder of Beehive Healing Integrative Medica Medical and Dental uh, Center in Agora Hills, California. She holds a master's degree in spiritual psychology. She also works extensively with parents and children to identify the re and resolve psychosomatic barriers to healing orofacial, cranial, respiratory, and myofunctional disorder. This woman is incredibly skilled and very, very intelligent. It's probably very exciting to bring her perspective into the world to all of you out there today. So I'm happy once again to introduce her to you all. Much of her work is based on heart-centered communication skills, which I think I align with you in that particular respect. She works in, and she teaches in various um, workshops including conscious uncoupling, as well uh, for intimate partners choosing to complete the relationship in a healthy way. Also for couples who want to transform, she has a transformational intensive, I'm sorry, intensive, 
for those wishing to strengthen their connection, which I guess a lot of couples out there who may be listening to this might want to do living in the same quarters so intently for all these weeks so far. Um, certainly, I would love for you to speak to that literally for myself and anybody else. Um, and also, this you do a, a good yeah, job. You do work it's a great time, believe me, because I think, actually today we're good. Today everybody's doing their thing. People are in school. They're all on their computers. He's in the other room. I'm here. So everybody's happy. But it's those times that it's not so easy that I would love for your input on. That's for sure. You also conduct educational seminars for medical students at Western University of Health Sciences to improve doctor and patient communication. Well, we're, and help we're getting so many. Ahead so many you know i think that the one of the most amazing things uh, about you is the whole concept of total body wellness and that philosophy that has that we're we're hearing so many families that they're having issues because So we're a little pause on the other side. So I'm going to read the rest of her intro, and then hopefully she'll be able to connect again on the feed. Um, so once again, she has an integrative approach to airway evaluation. So the whole breathing process to hold you in a pattern of, of clearing. And also, you know, she works with a lot of children um, as well. So she is the co-founder of Love Button Global Movement a nonprofit organization that promotes acts of loving kindness. And that's actually how I got to meet Sherry in the first place. And she's beautifully there. She's a little frozen, um, but I will, you know, have her click back on. She's going to be joining us once again. Um, at this point, I do want to give a little bit of a background into how I did, I did meet Sherry. Um, she and I connected because I'm a big fan of Coldplay and their music. And the love button was something that the musicians of Coldplay had posted on their website a long time ago, because I think this was, like I said, over three years ago now, where I connected and I basically um, contacted them and her incredible husband contacted me back. So that was fantastic. And then I learned more about the people behind the Love Button Global Movement, which are, which is in fact, Dr. Sherry Sammy, as well as her wonderful husband, Dr. Habib Sadeji. So I have had the incredible you know, luck and fortitude to actually hear them in person and be in their presence and experience their vision of what Love Button is and also what their practice beehive of healing is as well so while we were on a little bit of a break i did tell them all about uh, how we met through the whole love button global movement and also um, how i was able to connect with all of you but before i go on i would love for you to share with the audience a little bit about yourself at this time Um, I think that you covered it all. Um, basically, the basis of uh, my enthusiasm or my passion lies in um, really rising the consciousness within uh, within the world. First, it starts with me. If I if I don't come, I'm very very committed to doing my own work so that anything that I put out there, it comes from that space of. Um, Understanding, first of all, what it entails, but also being really, really authentic and very uh, true to 
you know, the whole journey. So um, anything from love button to the things that I do at my work uh, with happy kids um, or the, the work that I do with my beloved, um, you know, at working with the couples or individuals, it always comes from that space of first deepening my own loving and um and doing the the whole journey and then from that space going forward and and um really spreading the words and and working with others from from a heart-centered space um allowing that so uh i don't know what do you where do you want to go wherever you want to go i'm so with you i love where you want to go is with me and i love that are in my, although you're in California, we're definitely connected. And I think that one of the most yeah. beautiful things that you and your husband speak to with regard to everything that you do, especially with regards to, to, you know, working with the children that you do, you know, is that at an early stage in life, you teach those that you work with, we're all interconnected, that our energies really do have an interplay with each other. And I think that's quite a beautiful part of the whole consciousness that you in your practice, as well as in your life, and you're with your children, with your friends, with your family, that bring to the bring to the center stage. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit more about maybe how you transform your dreams into reality in this consciousness, awareness, sense of of being perspective. So first of all, I you know as we we have many conversation over over the two three years is everything starts with uh, your intention. So setting, you know, I, I love the fact that you first set an intention and uh, I don't know if I share it now or later, but uh, my intention was just to, to be an, uh, a vehicle um, for the divine hands to do whatever. So a lot of the interviews that I do, a lot of the talks that I do, it never really comes from here because there's a lot more that, um, that you can access, you know, that it's beyond your mind, beyond what you know, beyond what you think. So setting that intention um, of, let's say, being of service, you know, my intention is to be of service. So some of the, the people that they are, uh, they're watching you, they will come forward from just even one word that it inspires them to think of their lives or think of this time that they're holding um, I think, uh, you know, when I was talking about um, when I was thinking about like, you know, your the invitation that you sent me, I thought it's such a beautiful, beautiful time to really have so much hope and still think mm -hmm. about your dreams and still mm -hmm. think about, you know, how to manifest the dream, because a lot of people like they're in such fear and anxiety right now that nobody talks about their dreams anymore. Nobody talks about the hope for the future. Nobody talks about mm. what, how, how we can stay enthusiastic while we're going through these challenges and how to utilize actually this time in such a magnificent way in order to, to utilize all of your dreams and, um, and see where some of our blind spots, you know, now that we have a little bit of spaciousness and now that we have a mm -hmm. little bit of time to kind of reflect back and go deep and, and slow down and, and all of those things. So first, I think it starts with an intention. What is your intention for manifesting the dream? Is it so you can get 
you know, big money? Is it because you want to have become famous? Is it because you want to really be of service? Is it because you want to inspire others and lift them up simultaneously as you go higher? So that's the first thing. And then the second part, I feel like it is um, paying really, really close attention to what um, what are some of the things that kind of goes through your mind, you know? So as you are, you said this beautiful intention, like, oh, I want to, um, I want to write a book, right? Uh, what are some of the things that it's going through your mind on a daily basis? I'm not good enough to write a book. Who the hell thinks that, you know, I, that I'm, that I'm worthy enough of writing something? What do I have to say that it's, that it hasn't been said before, <clears throat> all of the things that that it might be very, very subtle. And yet, from the minute that you wake up in the morning, there is this thought process that basically, <laughs> I love the, the sound of the dog. <laughs> Life, he wanted, she wanted obviously to say something adding to that. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, she wants to add her intentions into she wants to add her intentions for sure, <laughs> for but, sure. But really, uh, you know, really paying so much attention to your thoughts because where your thoughts go, that's where your energy will go, and that's what will manifest. And I think a lot of people they have spoken about this, but uh, but one of the things that I have learned about myself, at least, is my thoughts are not like the. Uh, abusive oh you're nothing or you're this you know it's not like that you know but but it's the perfectionism thought you know as as you were stressing out about this uh this like oh we can't get it right you know it's the perfect it's like oh my god you know i want it to be of service and that i have said this time and it's not going fast enough it's not go going in the right way and and i'm not being of service. it's the perfectionism that sometimes kind of subtly comes in and uh you know which which you mentioned it's like the the you know you want to control everything so everything looks really good and as a package <laughs> And it might be, I mean, it might be like, you know, that, that subtleness, you know, yeah. that comes in that it's just like, I got to get everything right in order for this to happen. Right. And I got to get not only everything right, but everything perfect in order for this happen. So pay attention even to those subtleties that comes forward. Because those are the ones that they're going to stop you from really manifesting your dreams and from manifesting yeah. your your desire. And then I think the other part of it is to really um, uh, understand that all of this is just our egos. You know, our egos that they are really kind of coming in because when we're doing the divine's work, it it's all perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Like the fact that we started at... 1045 instead of 10, you know, there's no divine time. So it's, yeah. it's, if it's meant to be of service, it is going to be of service to, to even one person who watches it. And it's going right. to, to make that difference or just the two of us, you know, connecting yeah. heart to heart from that space. So um, I think from that aspects of it, you know, it, it's a very important thing to watch your thoughts because they're going to create the emotions that that they ride on and then those emotions they're going to uh, create a completely different vibration where you're going to attract certain number of people to yourself whether to uh, not 
yeah, whether or not to to propel you in your dream or to actually move you to the directions of your dreams. And, uh, and continuously, I think the other part of it is continuously releasing your attachment that not only to the fact that it needs to look like this, but even the direction that you're going. Um, I remember, I mean, you have seen our center and yes. it took because it was a it was a Mexican restaurant with the walls falling off, you know, and and the ceiling, you know, the day that we came to see it, the ceiling had a gigantic hole, you know, to to take that to where wow. we have it right now. It took a lot of vision and planning and lots of hurdle. It took us two and a half years just to get permission from from the city to allow us to change it to a medical center. Wow. But through it all, like my husband's like, oh my God, what if it doesn't happen? You know, what if this, what if that? And, and I was like, you know, honey, like maybe it's not meant to be, you know, let's, let's just kind of leave it in a, you're, we moved to the directions of meeting with the right people, but at the same time, completely staying unattached. We even sat down one night and I was like, well, we're moving to the north of Los Angeles where it's like 40 miles away from our original clinic. What if nobody comes? And we sat down, we meditated and well, you know, I I told them I maybe that's that means we are not, you know, going in the right direction and this is not the um the journey that we're supposed to take, you know, and then we'll find out and we'll just go bankrupt and we'll start again. <laughs> you know? so, and, uh, and as long as we have each other, we'll just, you know, we'll move forward and we'll manifest in the direction that spirit is, has intended wow. for us to go. It, it's a very difficult thing for, uh, especially, I don't know, maybe like for us doctors and lawyers, you know, yeah. which were like so goal oriented. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, okay, you know, I got to get here and then here and here. And, and we think we manifest everything by hard work, you know, and oh, part yeah. of that is true. Part of that is true. You are manifesting with your hard work, with your, with your intentions, with your thoughts, with your energy, all of those things. But I also think that you need to be on the path that you were meant to to share your gift in the way that you were meant to uh and if that's and if you're not i think that no matter how hard you work you're not going to get there um so finding what is it that that it's your gift what is it that makes you so excited about um you know, about living this life. What is it that if you, you don't get paid, you still would do it, right? Yeah. You still yeah. want to, you still wake up so enthusiastic about sharing it with the whole world just because it just makes your heart sing and it makes your heart beat a little faster with excitement and enthusiasm, which is... My so, so you're getting comments here that they love releasing the attachment to the direction you are going. My friend Lisa pointed that out, as well as another one is, you know, being perfectionist can be problematic and often gets in the way when you hit the bumps in the road, which I certainly have experienced this actual afternoon for us over here in the yeah. East Coast. But I do what I want to mention what you're saying the, to the point is the purpose of being a human like that is what I heard you touching upon is that there is definite purpose of being a human and how you're speaking to the point where being of service. And I think that, you know, my, if I'm being honest, literally my, my, my perfectionism 
was centering around today, sharing your message with so many people that I know that can benefit from it right now. So I, because of I'm like, you know, nope, not going to give up yet, not going to give up yet. You know, the perseverance was behind the intention for myself that somebody's going to hear something that comes from your mouth today in this conversation that's going to give them peace. And, and, and but, that's but really can important. I mention something though? It's, uh, it's the, the, it's how we're inside with ourselves that makes a difference. It's not mm -hmm. what you do outside, you know, right. regardless outside, you're going to persevere, you're going to move forward, you're not going to give up. But how you are holding inside, are mm -hmm. you like so nervous just because you have given your word and you really want to manifest this and you're so <laughs> attached to like, you know, us meeting within this time, you know, and all that. Are you judging yourself? Are you, you know, am I judging myself? Like, oh my God, I can't figure out this technology, you know, and, <laughs> and like, I'm so bad at it, you know? So yeah. it, it's the subtleties inside that I think make them makes the most um, huh. difference in how we move forward in our consciousness. It's not what we do outside. So like, because two actions, they might look exactly the same. But how you're inside with yourself, we have this thing where, you know, from our teacher that how you go through the issue is the issue. Oh. Uh, how you are with yourself as you go through the issue is the issue. So when we are going through something, it, regardless of what we do, how we are inside is that what makes the biggest difference. Well, I think what you just said was what I definitely needed to hear right now, because I think that what you're saying, you know, clearly, you know, everyone and you said what a, an incredible, important time um, to maintain and, and bring to light so much hope during a time where fears could overcome us. And I think that what, what I heard you saying is that somehow you find the peace within so that you can sit still in the chaos. And, and I think that that's certainly the message that keeps coming up for me. And then the what I can do and how I can act has been clearly aligned with with kindness, like like especially literally with the people that I live with, you know, coming at this rather than, you know, being all irritated and just sitting down, getting still, being at peace and, and then shifting to a place of love and kindness, which you, I know that you and I've spoken about this. It always starts with loving. It always starts with loving, loving yourself and loving others. And I think what I wanted to, to bring out for everyone is that beautiful quote by Rumi that I remember at your retreat that you had out in California, um, you, you spoke to that and it was, if I may, I don't know if you Absolutely. know it by heart, if I may. Out beyond the ideas, go ahead. So it's out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. It's just giving me chills. It's beautiful. And and maybe I, I, I know that Rumi in his poetry means so much to you and certainly yeah. um, you align with the message. Can you speak to that a little bit with regard to what that means to you and how that is finding that peace within that you're speaking about right now? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I wanted to mention as Coleman Bark, which is a dear, dear friend of ours who translated that uh, that poem. 
I, I joke around with them and I said, uh, I, well, half joke, half serious, but I always tell them that uh, it says out beyond the ideas of right doing and wrong, wrong doing, there is a field, there is a we, we will meet you there. It's not an I, it's oh, a we. Okay. And what I, in Farsi version at least, um, what I love about that we is that once you come out of this space of good and bad and judgments and fear and anxiety, because every time that you judge, that's the time that their fear and anxiety have, have space in order to develop more. So paying attention to where we can meet every single individual, where we can meet every single situation in a place that it's free of judgments, you know, there is no wrong and right. So, you know, I, I, we had some, you know, I hear people like that, they get so angry for people that they're coming out of their homes, or they're, they get really, really upset about what's happening in the world, you know, and I'm not saying to not be proactive and, uh, and, and be uh, involved, but don't judge it. Because when you judge it, you're actually adding just like the collective consciousness of kindness and loving you add mm -hmm. to the collective consciousness of the fear and anxiety and the judgment. So when you meet in that incredible field of no judgment, then there is, that's the space that you can feel your unity with the entire humanity and knowing that mm -hmm. life with its billion years of experience yeah. is a lot wiser than you and I with our, I don't know, 40 something experience, years of experience that we think we have figured it all out, you know, or we try to figure it all out. There's, there is a trust that comes in, in that, you know, when you lie in that grass, you know, when the, the second part of the, the Rumi poem, when you lie in that mm -hmm. grass, you have this experience of complete surrender, mm. which is like, what come may, I am, I am completely okay with it because there is a trust that, that I have <clears throat> in God, in love, in, in life, in mm. something that we are going through this because of an experience and there's something that we have to learn through this. So now the question remains is, are we just spending our time so much in the anxiety and fear that we're missing the lesson, right? You know, if you're just kind of going, 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 and we're not really like, you know, we're, we're just so attached to see the end of this rather than say, okay, what does this moment has as a gift for me? Like just yeah. this right this minute, this, yeah. this minute that you and I are together, what, mm -hmm. where is the gift in that first? And, you know, and when you start being present with the now and what the gift is, and there's always a gift, even the disease, even, you know, the cancer. I remember my um, my dad uh, who passed away from cancer. Um, we used to do this this two and a half, three hour kind of a coaching call, you know, on the phone with me. And he went through for two years. And he went every single Monday, I would call him, he was in Denmark, and I would call him on the phone. And for about two hours, he would kind of go through his life. And we would, um, you know, we would find ways of reframing it and looking at it as a different way. Mm -hmm. um, once he passed, 
he he did he had done this interview with one of my cousins that that I wasn't aware of. So two years later, I get this this um, DVD from him that you know this incredible interview that he did with him, and he said, "Oh, aren't you sad that the cancer is like all over your body and you know and it's so painful and um, aren't you mad at cancer? You know." And he's like, "No, cancer was the biggest gift that God gave me." And it just, I mean, it still gives me, gives me a chill yeah. because he said, he said it allowed me to have this precious time with my daughter. And I went through my whole life and completely laid down all the misinterpretation and miscommunication and misinterpretation, mis, misuse of my energy and let go of all my anger and fear and resentment that I had built up. So when I'm ready to leave, I leave with an empty sack rather than a heavy sack. Wow. And, and I think that that's when we look at life, you know, um, it, the whole purpose is to continuously let go. Right. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing of Rumi of lying down on that grass where there's no judgment, when there is um complete oneness where the whole entire universe the we will come to meet you at that one point where you're one with everyone and i'm sure that you and i have experienced that together in so many situations when i came to florida where like i no longer existed you no longer existed we became Mm -hmm. one with that entire audience that they had they had lost their kids or they had lost a classmate and we were carrying that entire um grief together as a as a whole community and then you know the me as sherry you know who has come from california or the you as meg you know all of that had disappeared and there was just this this inner connection that had happened um where it wasn't about who did right and who did wrong, but it was just about that beautiful, beautiful space of loving right. that um, that we can we can really experience not just our humanity but our divinity together. That's beautiful, which is profound. It's, it's you, I there's so many things that you said in that that have for me been aha's profound. Um, message. I, I I really heard you when you said the we. And I think that at this point in time, where some people are isolated in their homes by themselves, they mm-hmm. feel certainly the I, the yeah. I. But I think that with um, you know certainly social media and the whole you know we're physically distancing, but we're trying to be emotionally interconnected still. The whole idea is that, you know, while I'm speaking to you, whoever is in this circle who shows up, that it's a we. This is a we. And the only way we get past this and learn what this is, is that we pay attention to the moment, like you said, and let go of those things that would block the gifts to come. And I, and I want to go back to what you said at the outset of the interview, which was really poignant for me because I had been really struggling with the whole idea of, you know, how do you dream at times like this? Yeah. And I think it's more important to say, how, how don't you dream 
in time. You have to. You have to. You have to keep dreaming. You know, it's in in the midst of any kind of dark night of the soul. It's the dream that keeps you alive. It's the dream that propels you forward. You know, Uh, it's not the fear and anxiety that deepens like your stuckness. It's the dream that actually uh, start, you know, moving you to the right direction. And I think at this time, uh, you know, my my biggest dream since I was 10 years old, uh, you know, and I still have my my diary. So I go back and, and it's really amazing to especially as my kids are growing up. It's amazing to see like that 9, 10, 11 year old, what she wrote and what she thought about and, you know, her thought process. But since then, I would always write like because it was during the Iran and Iraq war. I was oh, always wow. writing you know, I wish there was no borders. I wish that all humanity would know themselves as one, you know, and know how the life of an Iraqi child that dies is just as important as the life of an Iranian child that dies as much as as an African-American. And this is, or, or in Africa, in Africa. And this is the time that I really think that this is the first time, at least in my lifetime, that the entire humanity has is facing the same exact fear, anxiety, and an issue, right? Uh, they call it an enemy, but it all depends how how you're holding things. But this is the first time that the entire humanity is literally like looking to the same direction. Yeah. So for the dream is that this time show people that unless we come together and unless we find the solutions together and unless it's not about how many deaths in America versus China versus Italy, it's like, okay, what did that country do right? So we can use their wisdom and we can use their their collective consciousness in order to tap into and and move forward, right? And that that is a is an intention of really how can we move forward with knowing that um, that the entire humanity is facing the environmental issue, the, the yeah. entire humanity is facing that. Although we were uh, physically so close to each other, emotionally we were so distant. Yeah. You know, how can we uh, we face as an entire humanity how depleted we were and how we were all running for something that 99% of us we had no idea why we're running but we're just running because everybody else is running um (laughs) so you know and then there's all these all these you know different different pressure on us I I remember there was a very uh, you know our our insurance person you know previous insurance person uh he came to me and he kind of sat on my chair in my office and he's like dr sammy i'm so disappointed i gave you all these uh, you know all these papers over two months ago and you still haven't done it and i said frankly my dear there's someone that i have to disappoint and i'd rather to be you than me or my kids or my husband or my patient so because I only have 24 hours and I need to get my sleep at least six to seven hours a day. You know, my liver sleep, I call it, Uh, (laughs) you know, earlier during the night. But I can't do it all. I mean, I I know as a person, the only way for me to do it all is to literally like, 
you know, give up my sleep, my my rest, my time with my family. There's somewhere that it has to be done. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I can't. I can't. I'm just completely okay with the fact that I can't do it all, and I'm going to drop a few balls here and there, given how how much I have. But once you come in with the fact that I would rather to say yes to myself mm-hmm. and say no to I somebody else, that it's not as um, as you know aligned with the with my sacred yes. You know that's that's some one of the things that we've talked about. What is your sacred yes? Find out about it, and um, and then align yourself with that. I think this is this is a great time. For all of us, you know, to find out what is really your sacred yes and how many things you're saying yes to that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with your sacred yes. It has nothing to do with what you are here to do and what your gifts are. I mean, there's so many beautiful things that you can do, but there is a few things that it's just yours to do. Find what is yours to do and do it really well and do it with a lot of intention and a lot of enthusiasm, Um, which ironically, I think, you know, we've also talked about this enthusiasm. It's basically like when you look at the root of the words, it's inspired by God. Ah, I love it. It is such a beautiful word, you know, inspired by God, not inspired by how much money you make, not inspired by what kind of a career are going to make your parents happy. (laughs) And they're going to be like, you know, talking about it in the dinner table about how their, their child has gotten somewhere, you know, but it's, it's inspired by God and the purpose and the intention Beautiful. that you were put on this earth. Uh, uh, and, yeah, it's very exciting that you say that because literally today's insight quote is by Ralph Waldo, em- Ralph Waldo Emerson, Emerson, our American treasure, who says nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Yeah. And if you put in your definition to what that word is without being inspired by the divine, it's so profound. And and it does, you know, I mean, change that word with whatever you believe in, whatever bigger force than you that you believe in. And I hope that you do believe in something much bigger than you, because that's, that takes all the pressure off, right? You know, when you believe in something much bigger than us, whether it can be love, whether it can be universe, whether it can be life, uh, something bigger than us, that it's kind of propelling all of these things forward. And, um, and it gives meaning such depth into every experience that we have. So things that we go through, even, even the time that you're going through, it's not in vain. It's not just a passing of time and a, and an act of certain events that comes forward. Some people have um, have said that this time in history, because it's not just the United States, it's not just Europe, it's not it's everybody. It's the yeah. great pause. Yes. It's it's a great pause, so we can all really stop and think about what it is that we're doing. Right. Why are we? the whole, you know, how are we treating each other? Um, You know, what is this humanity or human experience? 
What is it that we intend for it to be? And, and then our impact on each other. Literally, the environment is healing as we all stay inside. That has got to be one of the most profound uh, relevations from what's happening. And I and we're sitting here in, in the Catholic tradition and, and also Christianity. This is Holy Week. And I think, and also I said to you, um, what a beautiful opportunity on, this is my third year doing this on my episode 33 with you and all the threes oh. of the Trinity. And you were saying, so you spoke to the nine, which you can go ahead and explain what that means as well. Cause I thought that was a beautiful, the beautiful that that's the energy we're bringing into this, this moment on Monday, you know, at two twenty nine in Eastern time and, and out in California as well. So what is, I, I love that you said the nine energy. I thought that was pretty crazy. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the nine, the nine, uh, I'm not uh, an expert in numerology, but one of the things that I know about number nine, because it's my number, <laughs> so, but it's, uh, you know, on my birthday and everything, but it is a completion number. So it's wow. something that you're meant to complete or, uh, or a, a, a some mm -hmm. aspects of life that it needs to be completed in order to rebirth and a completely new way of being and i love that fact that as uh, as much as we have a difficult time every time that i want to give birth to a new part of me mm -hmm. and there is some part of me that needs to die there is a part of me that needs to die and with that death there is grief there is sadness there is anxiety there is fear. And then hopefully at the end of this, all of these emotions that come up and you sit with it like a roomie's guest house, you yeah. know, um, all they're here from the divine space in order to give you a, a deeper perspective. At the end of it, there is a surrendering and let go. So you can let go of that part of you that it no longer serves you in in your um, highest intention and then give birth to something new. And I think that this is, this is exactly uh, the timing and the, you know, what we're seeing around the world, we have to give, if, if we are really going to make this time something that it's of significant value. I mean, we can look at it later. It's like, Oh my God, there was this scary flu that came in and, it killed this many people, which there's still, it's all uncertain about all of these things. You know, there's so much um, media involved that I, I don't, I don't believe any of the stuff that they're saying out there anymore, because it just doesn't make sense scientifically. But uh, when we look even two years down the road, what was it that within me, I was able to kind of like make a, a completely right turn or a U-turn, or I took the path less traveled and that made all the difference, you know? Um, yeah. it, it's that that we're gonna be remembering rather than the, the scary flu that we all stayed home and, um, and we didn't see it. Like just seeing that, that part of where do I need to have which part of me do I need, would I allow it to die? So a new part of me can actually start giving birth to, Can I can midwife the next part of me into this beautiful process of 
growth and development and consciousness. I, you know, it's, it's also interesting that all of this falls in during springtime, you know, yes. the, the beauty of new beginnings, the breaking of the ground once again to renewal of life. And I think that, you know, as, as you know, um, some point out, you know, it's not a spiritual connection as it is a connection in total. Like you can say that you can, I mean, if you're, if you're um, opposed to seeing it as in spirit to, you can still see it as being the energetic, you know, connections with all that is around us. Because even if you look outside, you know, where, where winter is giving way to spring and new life is being reborn nature by nature, um, we still have a lot of hope that change for the positive is is bursting around us blooming all around us and i think that when we look at that with an awareness point of view a consciousness that you're speaking to coupled with the fact that you know there's a new opportunity to let those things that no longer serve us die to birth this new part of you that's going to elevate you to another level is very exciting. And, and I think that certainly you have spoken to that with regard to, you know, how you live your life and how you treat the people who align with you that come to you to seek help and, and service, which is something that you beautifully do. Certainly your energy is of warmth and caring and compassion. You know, I, I wanted to um, introduce you to the world because to me, you're an extraordinary person and an extraordinary person. They bring a different perspective to how they see things. And I think um, by exposing uh, many people to different perspectives, I think it's only beneficial to the whole because we all start to hear differently and learn from others rather than you know putting our walls up literally and pushing people away. You add it with a curiosity well, what are you saying? Can I hear this better this way? Can I see this better this way? So with that in mind, I wanted you to speak to the love button. And I, and I think that, you know, certainly that's because that's, that's how we, uh, and you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing it tonight or today. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and I think that Habib had said, and you had said it as well, that, you know, when you see the word coming at you, love on this button, it changes how you welcome that person into your world but i, it's I a want global conversation without yeah. speaking yes it's absolutely a global conversation without speaking then i when i look at you and you're wearing a love button i know you stand for the loving and you believe in it yeah. and uh and that's that's going to rule underneath it we might momentarily forget it but yeah. underneath it all this is what you know, my, my entire universe is ruled by and, and it sets a different conversation between me and you because we can just go deep very quickly, right? We can, we yeah. can bypass all the, all the chit chats and the regular conversation and we can go deep very quickly when the, uh, the entire soil is that we stand on is, is loving, and, yeah. and we know that this is the this is the start, the beginning of the conversation. Yes. You know, because even when you were saying, um, you know, as to your background, you grew up during the Iran-Iraq war right. and you speak Farsi. That's your first language is Farsi. And right. you know, our, our backgrounds couldn't be 
more different as far as where we we brought we brought our, our we started in our world and where we're going. But the beautiful thing, as you just said, is that at our heart space, where we start, yes. where we connect, you know that I am on the same page. Right. as you by virtue of the like you said the symbolism of the button or because you know that you know so for me that gets that gets me super excited that the conversation can launch to that profoundness rather than you know staying in the superficiality for me that's huge i love i love people who can get there um not that i don't love people who don't but it's just really kind of a freeing that you just get to say i don't have to explain really myself yeah we can share from that that point of view um but i didn't want to find a sister that might be even closer than your sister yeah. you know yeah. or the people that you grow up with um yeah. i feel that when the conversation gets there and when because you have that common language mm -hmm. and that common ground to stand on then you can get to deeper vulnerability and courageous conversations that you might not have necessarily from someone from your own country or from your own neighborhood right you, you know, it's like, it you know, like we, we have seen each other only a few times, you know, um, over the past three, four years, but the experiences that we had, you know, whether it was at the fundraising right. or in Florida, you know, after the shooting or, um, you know, um, where else did we see each other? Uh, oh, and or you came to my house. Yes, that's right. We, oh, it was, yeah, and we met each other's family and, you know, um, and spent some, you know, beautiful drinks and, and uh, dinner together. It, there is a there is a deep, deep soul connection that doesn't matter where the person is um, from, where the, what doesn't matter where the person is at, like you can just pick up the phone and just ask me anything like, you know, Sherry, I need this. And you know, I'll be there, you know, yeah. because, because we see each other as, you know, as, as yeah. one, because we see each other as one family of human beings um, that is connected with that loving. And, and it doesn't matter whether you speak a different language. It doesn't matter if like, you know, I mean, I think our hair colors are the same, but let's say like our hair color or skin colors or uh, gender preferences or whatever, like it's different. It's, yeah. it's, it's all the matter of like, we connect through this, this incredible um, common language, global language called love. And I yeah. don't think that uh, there is anything that brings people together more than the loving and that's why we decided yeah. to start the love button global conversation because we wanted to have a conversation initially uh, by just wearing the love button yeah. um it has you know grown to more than that we started um initially just helping other organizations and other nonprofits. we are a nonprofit organization and then now it's you know we have found that an education um a curriculum is really within different settings, you know, within an elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, medical school, like we have, we have gone to medical schools now, and we're just teaching physicians, how, how can you have a heart centered conversation with your patient? And yeah. the fact that your prescription, the best prescription that you hold in your hand is your loving presence. Because when we sit with our patient within that space and they feel heard and they feel acknowledged and they feel in uh, loved, that's the time that they get inspired to follow through with, with what you're suggesting. That's the time 
is that actually all their own resources, all their own beautiful hormones and neurotransmitters and everything else just basically line up in order to come and help them to move forward. And, and it's a completely lost art. Um, if we look at uh, some of the uh, different uh, magazine, you know, like the journal, um, uh, medical journals, they have one, there's a picture that a, that a kid actually drew that the physician is basically sitting in the back looking at her computer and she's just sitting and just playing with a couple of toys. The physician is never looking at, like her back is toward the kid. This physician is asking questions, you know, and just typing away in the computer and there's no connection. And this is like a, uh, you know, drawing that a few like seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds, yeah. I think they did of the connection. Wow. There is no connection. And so what we decided to do is how can we create curriculum that actually teach people? Because unfortunately, we came to this world with absolute like knowing we're love. You yeah. know, there's no uh, babies that you will meet that they will have like, <laughs> oh, yeah, my belly is too fat. My thighs are too big. You know, like my dimples are not big enough. You know, like they're yeah. just like complete light and loving. Right. Yeah. You see yeah. them and you can just come like just completely get absorbed in this divine love that you feel like you want to just give everything for that child, yeah. you know, or at least yeah. that's how I am. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but as we grow up, we, we lose that, right? We mm -hmm. start, or I won't say, I don't want to say we lose that. We forget that. We forget that we are a divine being having a human experience and we're perfect within whatever it is. So yeah. if we bring a curriculum to just remind people, like, who are you, you know, and all these emotions like shame and, you know, um, uh, judgments and everything else is, was taught as we grow up, you know, sometimes inadvertently by our parents mm -hmm. and sometimes by the society now by Instagram and Facebook sometimes, you know, and all the things that everybody shows, you know, I think we forget how precious we are and yeah. how incredibly unique we are. So um, at Love Button this year, we have really focused on uh, creating curriculums that can actually bring people back into that, what to do with all that emotions, you know, and then back to, to be back to that loving space again. The, you know what? One of, the most, one of the most incredible experiences that I have is coming up upon um, two years now when I went on El Camino and, you know, I, I had a whole like bag of love buttons and, and I was giving them out to other people as, you know, a gesture of connection, which I think that is clearly what this is. This is really what I would like more and more the conversation to be about how can we connect from a place of love so that we can be positive forces of positive change, like I said before. But, and I think that even when I approached somebody and they were like, first looked at me like, I'm so strange, why are you giving me? And they were like, well, I don't want this. And then they were like, oh, and they were calling it Chata de Amor. They were calling, you know, all different languages. But the whole, the whole bottom line, and I think that this is what Love Button speaks to, is that we all speak a very uh, similar language of love, literally from that place. And I think right now when you're speaking to what you said, I, I just saw how, you know, these healthcare workers are the last face that many people will see and that how 
demanding that, you know, they need to be that face of love for that person because relatives can't go in. And I think it's going to change the way people treat each other as far as, you know, on uh, and the healthcare profession in the future. And I think what you have and what your message is with love, love button is on point because it's, it's really, we can't put our backs to each other anymore. We need to be that space of, of, like taking care of each other more. And I think that is certainly what's coming up um, on a on a global scale right now. And I think that Love Button um, is certainly something that does in, in, empower that and it's been a force of that. And I think I wanna commend um, you and and your beloved Habib, you know, on um, being a force of that. Because, I, you know, a lot of people nowadays, you know, certainly with regard to manifesting, what kind of life they want to manifest, they feel a lot of stuckness around it. You know, like, who am I right now? All I'm doing is sitting in my home. All I'm doing is, you know, you know, waiting for this to pass rather than, well, what can I do? I mean, I know that you're treating your patients still. I know that many people in the healthcare and essential workers, they're all out there doing something. And I think that, you know, when you start to want to see what your gifts are and how you can share them from a place of love, it really does in fact change the conversation. So when you choose your words, you choose them wisely as to what you do share with the world as, as a positive centric rather than a very negative centric. And I, and I, I want to shift from there, you know, asking you clearly what are the best tools that you could share with all of us as to how you manifest this incredible or continue to manifest this incredible journey for your future as well as the future of those you come in contact with and also your children because they're watching you yeah uh one thing that that i want to emphasize um is this whole concept that once you resolve one issue within yourself the entire humanity will move forward one step once you wow. resolve one issue within yourself, the entire wow. humanity will move forward one step because wow. we are a collective consciousness. Mm. So the first place to start is yourself, right? So if you're sitting home and you're like, oh, I can't do anything for anyone um, or, oh, I don't have any gift or whatever, the job that I have, I can't get out of the house, you know start with yourself, start mm -hmm. being, uh, you know, um, understanding of how can you be gentler with yourself? How can you be kinder to yourself? How can, you know, I, for, just the subtleties, for example, the other day, I noticed like, wow, you know, I have, we have like so many vitamins that we're taking right now, you know, so I have all these supplements very neatly, beautifully organized for my kids every single morning. Did you take your, your vitamins? Did you tell like, here's your vitamins, here's some orange juice, here's some this. And then sometimes it goes until noon or 2 p.m. Like, oh, I forgot to, to take my vitamins, you know. And that is such a, an important, subtle, but yet uh, important understanding that my life is not as important as my kids, you know, or my life, or I'm not as precious as my kids. And that's mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, I know in so many of our culture, including Americans, you know, I think that it's been taught that like, oh, once you have kids, they're the priority of your life and you need to forget about yourself, you know, but if you do forget <laughs> about yourself, yeah, you don't, you, you can't be there for your kids and you can't be really like, um, 
you know, leading by example. So one yeah. of the things that to pay attention to at this time, and this is the way that you can actually contribute is, you know, okay, when, when the anxiety comes or the subtle ways, you know, like I'm not doing anything, I'm done, um, you know, or, or a lot of times, as I said earlier, like we're getting a lot of calls from our, you know, the couples that are saying like, now that we stop running and we're in the same space, like we're just finding out all the problems that we just kept running away from. And we just kept, you know, walking away from it and, or stuffing it down with our busyness. And now everything is coming up and help. Right. Like we don't know how to deal with all of these hurts over the years and all of these things, you know. So I think once you slow down and you stay yeah. still, everything that you had um, kind of tucked away somewhere for it not to be seen or for, for you to forget about it, it's, it's going to come up. And it's yeah. an opportunity for you to either, you know, professionally seek help or, you know, with some people that they do this work or to actually like kind of, you know, we uh, the writings, you know, um, mm -hmm. the, the a few minutes of writing, the 12 minutes of writing. We call that a purge emotional writing where you sit down. I usually do it first thing in the morning when I wake up because I feel like that space between dreaming and um an awake time it's a beautiful beautiful time that all the things that you're you fear all the things that you're anxious about they can they might come up through your dreams you know all the things that you have been stuffing down like the recurrent dreams that they come in that's a really really beautiful time to just sit down write as fast as you can as your mind kind of comes through don't try to make sense of it make your beautiful writings you know any of that stuff and then after the 12 minutes, you know, if you feel done, you send the light, you know, it's like uh, you do some uh, compassionate self-forgiveness. I forgive myself for judging myself as this. I forgive myself for judging this other person, my husband as this, my, my yeah. kids as this, whatever that comes forward. And then you shred the whole thing. You know, yeah. you don't read it again. You basically get rid of it. But these are some of the things that you can do in order to kind of maintain your energetic level. And yeah. then your kids are basically the fish that they swim in all the unresolved materials of your consciousness. So whatever that you don't want them to pick, they're going to pick up. So, <laughs> so your, your biggest thing is you work on, on the biggest gift that you can give them is just to keep working on yourself. So the more that you release, um, you know, on a daily basis during these challenging time and any time in your life that there it's stressful, the more that they can be contained and, and uh, don't have to like necessarily pick up from them. So that's, that's the most important part of it. Like just keep doing your own work. Um, and then from that space, you know, um, you know, Meg, I, to be really, really honest with you, people, they ask me, like, what are you going to do in five years? And what are you going to do in 10 years? And what are you going to do in 15 years? And, and I don't really have a plan. Like, it's not, I don't live life based on that. I mean, I think I've told you that, that even uh, when I met my husband, it was, that uh, you know, my, my dad asked me, it's like, 
um, because our background was so different, you know, from different families and different upbringings, you know, uh, he asked me, like, are you sure that you want to marry this person? Like their family is really, really different than ours and backgrounds are different than ours. Um, and are you sure about this? And I said, no. And he's like, what do you mean you're not sure? I said, I am. I know intuitively this is what I need to do and I'm going to trust that instinct. And I can't tell you how incredibly grateful I am that, that I did because both of us, we had no, you know, we never knew that our one plus one becomes a million. Like the things that the two of us, we do together, it, it becomes extraordinary Versus, and we're both very powerful people, you know, by ourselves. And we do a lot of different things by ourselves. However, whenever we collaborate, that masculine and feminine energy that comes forward, it, it changes so many things. And I know, like, after, you know, being together for 17 years, I know that we were brought together for a much higher purpose than just two of us as a husband and wife. We were brought together in order to add to that collective consciousness of and then our masculine and feminine energy it it changes things in a f- profound way we were we were meant to be together in order to be of service in a in a much more profound way in the consciousness um world and, and in changing that and back to what you had said previously when you do something to enhance the healing of whatever issues you have, you move the collective consciousness forward. So, and I think a lot of people um, go into relationships to heal a wound from their past. So I don't know, I'm not saying that's your case. I'm not saying, but the lesson. It's always the case. Yeah. (laughs) It's always the case. Because Rumi always says that like within the relationship, you create a mirror that you can polish yourself. Right. Uh, Because relationship, it actually shows you exactly the parts that you have, the things that they trigger you. It's the part that they actually show you where you need to work on. So relationship, it's a beautiful, beautiful and hopefully loving mirror that you can completely uh, polish yourself of anything that you need to kind of upgrade yourself in so it's always like that you marry the person that you know the parent that you had problems with or you marry the (laughs) shadow of like you know of something that you don't want to project you know so there there is definitely a lot of these uh this beautiful you know if if the marriage is really not for the purpose of soul involvement there's this beautiful intertwinement that happens and my beloved and I, Habib and I, we would not be the person that we are, first of all, because of, you know, this bumping into each other and continuous, but being super connected and super committed to continuously work our own prog- uh, process. Yes. You know, we, we had, um, I think we talked about it with you in, in our dinner time, but in our first time that we actually met after nine months of just talking on the phone and emails and things like that, the first time that we met, I drew him a, 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 um, a triangle and I put me, you, and then I said, what's on the top for you? And without even like blinking, he wrote down God, uh, uh, growth and love. And I was like, okay, the deal is done. That's it. You know? Oh, there you go. 
you know, if, if it's just the two of you back and forth, you might grow. And if you're, the other person doesn't grow in the same direction, then guess what? It's just going to like, you're just going to start growing apart. Right. But if the top thing is the same for both of you, then you continuously grow toward each other. And that's a really, really important part. It's not like whether you have the perfect marriage or not, but it's like, what is on top and what is important for both of you? And for us, like those three words that he wrote, like God, love, and and God is love, but yeah. God, love, and growth, they, they were like the exact same thing. So as we kept working on those three things, we kept coming closer and closer and closer to each other. You know, I, I think that, you know, that is always what my parents always uh, persuaded us to believe. You know, literally, that was the root of their relationship was, you know, if, if that love energy, that God energy is at the center, you can grow together rather than apart. And I kept thinking, right. when you were saying that, you know, especially since we're in spring, like a flower, you know, growing up toward the light, you know, the yes. growth and, and the light is what, what feeds us. So, so even out of that dark period, something beautiful can evolve if you allow it. And like you said before, it moves humanity in the positive direction as this collective consciousness evolves together, which I think is so exciting. I, I was, I was getting kind of like, you know, goosebumps as you were saying that, because I think it's important to keep in mind that this, all of this that we see, there's something much more profound going on yeah. beyond the veil. And, and, and I think that you, what you're saying today is a reminder of that, you know, not, you know, and, and understandably, you know, letting go of the attachment, letting go of the anger, the resentment, all of those things that will block that profound growth that you're speaking to is just something when you have the awareness or the consciousness can free you and then maybe free others in, in, who cross your path, which I think is very exciting. So back to the intention of the, I don't know if you wanted to speak to that some more, but I- Yeah, I, I wanted to just mention one thing is that um, there always has to be a winter. You know, I mean, other than Miami and, and uh, you know, Los Angeles, you know, but there always has to be a winter. You know, I've I've been always so fascinated with the fact that even though the weather doesn't change so much in uh, in L.A., you know, in Los Angeles, how does how do all these trees, they know, like all their leaves, they fall down and they become completely naked and, you know, and, and then they kind of bloom again. You know, right now we have the pomegranate tree and the uh, trees and uh, the apple trees that they, they just have like this beautiful, beautiful flowers that they're already coming out. But there always has to be a dark uh, winter of going in. Mm -hmm. before the spring comes up. Mm -hmm. And if you look at so many different culture, like for example, in the, um, in the Christianity, you know, where they do the, the egg hunt and everything else during that, that, uh, you know, spring break or uh, during that sacred week, you know, the, the egg is like, basically it's, it's a representation of new birth, right? Something new in your life yeah. and you have to go hunt for it. Right. It's not just like, 
it's just not just there. There is like they hide it and you have to go look for it. And like there that. might be frustration. There might be, you know, and it's the same exact thing. Like for Persian New Year, we put eggs and fish and all these signs of, you know, the seaweed, you know, like all of these signs of life that that starts sprouting. Wow. But without that, like every single, you know, even like the Jewish tradition, if you look at all of these things, there is a quiet, silent, uh, dark, you know, winter. And then from that arises, you know, the phoenix arises from the ashes, right? We really, really need to hold this time as like, what do we want our phoenix to be arising from? You know, like, what is it that... Uh, mm -hmm. that it's really that it's going to give meaning to this time, this suffering, this challenges that we're going through, that when we come out, just like, you know, I, I think my six-year-old the other day, I told her, I said, you know, uh, uh, Monday through Friday, we don't watch any media. And she's like, can I watch a movie tomorrow? I said, no, tomorrow we have school. And she goes, you mean the fake school? You know, I'm like, <laughs> fake school. You know, they're not the real school, the fake school that we just pretend like we go upstairs and we pretend we're going to school, you know. Mm -hmm. So in her mind, she's just having a ball, you know, yeah. because like she's spending more time with her mommy. She's like, you know, she's doing a lot of painting, drawing, yeah. like you know, uh, running around, she, she's just having, she doesn't have to wake up as early as she used to wake yeah. up. And I'm sure yeah. that our six-year-olds and five-year-olds and four-year-olds, where they look at life still with so much magic, you know, 10, 15 mm -hmm. years down the road, they're going to say like, this was the best time of my life. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have to yeah. do anything, you know, but yeah. for us, allow us to kind of take a look and see how can we actually make this time of our life uh meaningful what is yeah. it that we want them to you know which part of us is going to be born you know reborn or born as the first time that it's going to give rise to a uh, a, a more conscious human being that's going to do things even slightly different you know than the way that he or she was going before and, and I, I that's the only way that that you can deepen what you go through life otherwise it's just like oh yeah we went through this crazy thing and you know and now we're on the other side of it but um it's meaningless right yeah. um so that's that's the thing that i that i really like no matter where whether it's a religion a religious background or a, a spiritual background that you have look at all the metaphors of how especially happening to us during this time where there is you know, everybody's basically celebrating something, right? From yeah. like, you know, the, the spring to uh, all of these holidays that it's coming from different religious group and the spiritual group. So let's take a look at all those metaphors and apply it during this time that we're going through these challenges. And then you change all of what's happening and, and you know, you look for the opportunity there. And I think what I heard you saying is to somehow re-meet that child within and yes. become the you know questioner curious one and playful one like your yes. daughter arty and and, yeah. and drawing all these fun things because not that this is a burden but an opportunity and i think that that's 
actually incredibly profound. It adds passion to life and enthusiasm to see um, what's the unfolding of moments, the present moments, rather than pushing ahead to the end and let's just get through this and then move on. Then the get through is kind of like the celebration, especially at this time in our life when, you know, it's all new beginning a new birth. And you can certainly become something new from this, the dark period giving to light. And I think that I can't tell you how grateful I am to hear that out of your mouth because I think that, you know, it puts a perspective on an otherwise very challenging point of time and history. Um, so you did say your intention was to be of service at the outset of the interview. What yes. was the number that you chose to match? 19. <laughs> 19. Okay, 19. So not, so it corresponds to the page of, of the Magical Guide to Bliss. And the message that the bliss gives us for today is something great awaits you. Ooh. And the quote is, and I love that you said this because you said this three times and I wrote it down. Life is a process. We are a process. The universe is a process, which is from Anne Wilson Schaaf, and she's an American author. And, and ultimately, it speaks to life is a process that unfolds before you is how you approach the process that dictates the experience. And that is why trust is so important. While trust itself is defined as an assured reliance on character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, it can be an incredibly dualistic concept. On the one hand, to trust in life can seem challenging when you're struggling to surrender control. Yet on the other hand, to trust in life can feel like a breath of fresh air as you ultimately release into freedom that brings great peace. This is everything that you said today, Sherry. <laughs> you aware, it's, it's so beautiful. Synchronicity. I love it. When you, when you become aware that you are part of something greater than yourself, both the struggle and the release have a purpose in the grand scheme of things. If you become aware and trust that the reason for the unfolding of your life events will contribute to your life process, then you can stop fighting what happens and truly begin to enjoy the ride. You then won't miss out on all that is good because your focus shifts. Remember, there's always the possibility that greater magic and miracles are awaiting you right around the corner. Really, the magic is still there, just waiting for you to discover it. And it can help you grow to greater heights. So just trust the process and you hold the key that something greater that will set your spirit free. And that is matching your intention. And I think that that is actually what you did today for everyone who is listening. You know, um, trust the process, go within release what no longer serves you so that you can rebirth a right. new beautiful rendition of yourself that more matches that higher spiritual calling that you're here to see that meaning unfold, whether you believe in God or energy or anything for that matter. And as we connect, so I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart that you persevered oh, with me outset. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Just beautiful, Sherry. I, I can say that, you know, you remind us all that we must still dream even through the darkness. And and that especially during the darkness. Especially during exactly especially and, during the darkness. Because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna actually move us out of this space to a new space. If you don't if you don't dream it, it's not gonna come, you know. So let's collectively dream of this new uh, consciousness, energy, anything that that the world would be slightly different, better um, at the end of this thing, and we will be closer 
and kinder and more mindful um, as we, we, we walk hand in hand, you know, it's just, um, there's a lot more mindfulness that sometimes, you know, you see in some people that right now, like, you know, just kind of like paying attention to see, uh, you know, who's, who's sitting with their child and they are, you know, they have to stand in this big line of getting into a store and, um, you know, paying attention to that. Like I noticed that people are paying more attention. I was like, Oh, let me just hold your card, you know, while you're coming online, uh, you know, in line. So you don't have to stand with your baby. I, I just hope we do that all the time moving forward. You know, I, we pay yeah. attention to who might be um, needing a little extra help. You know, we're we're trying to collaborate with the senior citizens in um, Agora Hills and the surrounding, yeah. you know, community of like how, you know, whether they need like a card from children, you know, like just to, to tell them they're loved or they need grocery or they need food, you know. Um, I, every time I open my, this, uh, these jars, I always kind of think, I was like, oh my God, you know, I have to either invent something. Like how do these senior <laughs> citizens, they, they open some of these jars when they're at home by yeah. themselves. But some of these uh, mindfulness that we're bringing forward right now, I think that if we can take it to our new way of being, I, I don't, you know, when they say the new norm, I don't want it call, to call it a norm. No, this is, this is our way of, you know, what we're, how we're dealing with things, but I hope our new norm would be the mindfulness that we are bringing forward, the slowing down of our lives, the, the realizations that, you know, our kids are, really our legacy you know so the time that we spend with our kids is so precious you know um and and that the time that we spend i see i never saw so many people hiking in in my neighborhood so the the time that you spend on yourself you know walking and taking care of yourself and breathing a fresh air and it's so funny like before even when i would see someone walking they're always on their headphones or they were always on their phone now I see people just walking, you know, and it's, it's so beautiful to see, you know, just walking and, and really like taking in, especially at this time that like everything is blooming, like taking in the, the whole um, entire, you know, nature. So I hope that the new norm would be all these mindfulness that we're taking in our new ways of being without the fear and without the anxiety and without the separations of, you know, the physical separations, like, and we would actually, at the end of it, we actually embrace each other and, and find out, I, I always say I need it. I need 50 hugs a day, you know, and I'm definitely <laughs> not getting it. So I keep going and like hugging my kids, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, we do need that physical intimacy. We do need that physical, um, you know, proximity with each other. It just, we, we have this incredible wavelength in our heart that can, that travels for six to 12 feet as different science have measured it. So if you have, that's why, like, if I spend time with you, with your vibrant energy, every time that I have spent time with you, like I just feel happier after, yeah. you, you know, and <laughs> you spend, you. yeah. And when, versus when you spend time with someone who's just complains and complains and everything is somebody else's problems and everything is like, uh, you know, I'm the victim and like, you just feel drained after you leave, you know, because our heart energy definitely has some, a, a very, very p powerful 
presence and energy. It's it has electromagnetic energy that it transfers. So, you know, I think like understanding that and how we affect each other within the proximity that hopefully soon we will be able to have as well that mindfulness i think it's beautiful to to really like take responsibility for our own growth and development and consciousness so then we can affect the entire planet in that way you know that is definitely something that we all can do on an individual level that can impact the collective whole and i and i think that you saying that so clearly and succinctly for everyone as a reminder is a reminder that we are a part of the solution if we want to be so i i definitely want to reiterate the fact that you know you know put that oxygen on yourself first and then take care of yourself so that you can be the best your best self version. Yes. The best version of yourself when you're out there. And I love the fact that you're saying that this new, and it's not a norm, this new evolution of the Phoenix coming out of the ashes, always darkest before the dawn becomes a more mindful collective where we care for each other and become selfful at the time as we become interconnected and loving to others. And I think that one of the most profound things, you know, is certainly the word love that you have definitely, you know, passed around with such enthusiasm. And it has a wing. And it has, like, I think that this is the reason that it has the wing because with the love can actually uplift you. It has a wing, like the, the V is not just a silence, you know, uh, passive V. It actually comes rise up and it's, and it's, um, it has wings. So I think that the same concept as you have been, you know, bringing forward that, uh, you know, with the butterfly, like mm-hmm. this is the cocooning time, right? Yes. And I without the cocooning time, all these magnificent, do I, where is my, I think like, well, <laughs> I think my husband stole it. <laughs> so, but there was this beautiful, um, you know, thing that Meg actually made for us that we keep stealing from each other, but it has all the love buttons and the yeah. butterflies. And, um, and I just feel like that is exactly like, uh, to your point, it's exactly what's happening. You know, we are going through that dark, uncomfortable cocooning space. So, um, hopefully that there would be a butterfly, gorgeous, gorgeous butterfly that would come out of this. Can you can you share with the, anyone who's listening today if they wanted to contact um, both uh, you and and perhaps learn more about Love Button what they can uh, look to 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 tap into that I know LoveButton.org is your webpage yes. for Love Button yes. if they want yes. to contribute or be a part of the Love Button ambassador movement and and contribute and please do please do this this time it's to have Love Button ambassadors that they are really stepping it forward and they're really helping out you know please go into that part like you know uh get involved and be a volunteer like sign up for that and then perhaps we can we're we're in the process of looking at things a little bit more deeper and see how for the corona time like how we can create like different groups and organizations within each community that they can be of service to each other you know all around the world so hopefully as that comes up but just you know go and sign up for the volunteer as a volunteer and then 
get involved in in uh, in in your own community, you know, uh, within that context. But lovebutton.org is the um, is the love button group, and uh, we're very my my beloved and I were very active. He's much more active than than me, but we're both uh, very active in our um, Instagram. So Dr. Sherry Sammy is my uh, Instagram, and his is Dr. Habib Sadegi. So send us a, um, we check, these are the things that we check ourselves. You know, yeah. we don't have somebody else checking these. So send us a message, send mm -hmm. us, um, send us anything that you feel that um, a question um, and we'll answer that mm -hmm. ourselves. So um, just kind of stay in touch, stay involved. Um, and if there's any way that we can be of service, you know, let us know. That's amazing. And and I like once again, I'll put everything in the feed so people will have that information and they can readily just click on it and they can contact um, lovebutton.org and look at the volunteer opportunities there because, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. I, I, I see the work you guys have been doing and I'm such a supporter and I am just, you know, part of this incredible you know, I love how Habib would call it a dandelion. When the dandelion, the petals, you blow on it and it goes off and who knows where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, I do want to thank you once again for this opportunity. Thank you for your time today. I know thank time, you. you know, and then how beautiful the time spent. It was amazing. And um, I, I, I love your inspiration and I love everything that you brought to the table today. And like I said, um, you know, just from the bottom of my heart, the love that goes out to you and your family during this time. And so we all can be part of the process to elevate this world. And I just want to be a part of that. And I think that certainly the more of us that are attracted and aligned to each other, it's going to be um, a beautiful sunrise, literally yeah. from a very um, a dark time. So thank you, Sherry, so much. You're welcome. I, I, I give my love to your family and thank you for your time. And many blessings to you all out in california it's been such a pleasure to be with you meg and and send you so much love and light for all the beautiful things that you're doing in this oh world God, thank, thank you, you for being part of the the whole butterfly movement of spreading the loving and spreading beauty and uh, sparkles and all the, all the things that you do in this world thank you it's been an thank honor you. to watch you and see how you keep uh, upgrading your own uh, level of service and in so many ways that uh, and, and then with so much enthusiasm I think it's it's been truly a privilege to to be um, just a witness to uh, to your growth and development and how you change your life from being a lawyer to this inspirational speaker and uh, so many more things author and just a <laughs> conscious coach and everything else so thank you thank you thank you for having me on your on your show and um, if I could be of service in any way let me know and so thank much you. love to you as well with your family thank you so much thank you God bless you. God All bless right. you as well. Thank you. All right.